Hey everybody, this is Carlos Ledo, the host of the MIA All Day Podcast, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, and there's certain tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and it's so easy to use. Believe me, I am not a technical giant, and this has been a, a fantastic experience for me and my podcast thus far. Not only that, Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many other platforms. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's got everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So today, go out there, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm and get started. Hello, welcome to the MIL Day Podcast. This is your host, Carlos Ledo, on September 30th, game day versus Virginia. It's about 9.45 in the morning here, getting ready for the game later tonight. Wanted to give you guys a quick three and out, give you my thoughts on the game. Also talk a little bit about Central Connecticut State. Not too much, because a lot has been said about that already. And uh, just give you another episode and keep them coming every week. Go Canes! All right, let's go with first down. Going to talk a little bit about Central Connecticut State. Just want to put a put a bow on that one. Um, as you saw, a lot of young guys got in the game against Central Connecticut State. That was the plan. The Canes got the win 69-0 like they were supposed to. But I think the most important thing to take away from that game is not the final score, but it's the way the Hurricanes came out, the way they executed, and the way they operated. Um, a lot of times you'll see teams that are struggling. You've seen it this season with different teams where they come out against an FCS opponent or a lower uh, group of five opponent, a bad team that they're paying $500,000, $600,000 to, to come to their home and, and just beat up on them, and, and they struggle. And uh, they don't come out fast. It's tough for a half, and eventually they wear the other team down. But it's not necessarily dominant right from the opening kickoff, and that's what the Canes were. I mean, they punted one time. They only had a couple series where they didn't score. One of those was at the end of the first half where they just took a just ran the clock out. But offensively, I think they looked really good because not because they were scoring all over the place, but because they were efficient. They were uh they knew their assignments up front. They were blocking well. There was no operational mistakes like we've seen with the for the most part with false starts, holdings, uh those kinds of penalties that were drive killers in the first 3 games of the season. You saw guys catching the ball, no no drops. You saw the young guys get out there and be hungry and be aggressive and show that they wanted to prove something on the field, prove that they wanted that they deserved more playing time. You saw a guy like Cody Brown run the ball hard, run downhill, show good vision. And I think that also, by doing that, put a little pressure on Cam Harris and told him, hey, listen, you've got to do the same, man. You dance too much. You know, uh, you, you don't hit the hole hard. And you seem to go down too easily on first contact. And Cam probably took that. Uh, as a motivational point to try and prove that, hey, this is why I'm the number one back, and he had a really good game. Love what you saw, obviously, out of the catch from Romello Brinson. Love what you saw out of the two quarterbacks in Van Dyke and Garcia. Both those guys showed a, a control of the offense, an understanding of the offense, although it was the base package they threw out there, nothing too complicated, but they understood how to operate within that offense. Uh, not too many blown reads, nothing uh, you know crazy where they made mistakes. Everything was efficient and effective. And defensively, I mean, they still weren't dominant to the point that I would hope to have seen them be. Um, they they really didn't pressure the quarterback as much as they should have. They got some pressure on them. They weren't as dominant on the defensive line as they should have been. 
but they made they were better uh, tackling in space. They were better um, on the back end. I think they took a step forward in that direction. I think it should improve. To me, um, you know, it was great seeing Leonard Taylor out there on the field. Uh, I still don't think he's necessarily ready for big time snaps, uh, but he'll he'll get worked in now moving forward. Um, to me, what I really liked to see was you know James Williams obviously all over the field, but my favorite thing was seeing Sam Brooks out there. And you could see the speed Sam Brooks has when he chased down a uh, Central Connecticut State player from behind on one play and then just diagnosed another run, got in there real quick and made a, a big-time tackle. Sam Brooks is the answer at weak side linebacker when he's healthy. Uh, we saw what he did a couple of years ago in that bowl game against Louisiana Tech. We know the ability, and now he's bigger and he's still fast and athletic, and I think he'd pair really well with, with Corey Flagg. And I think the, the issue we're seeing at linebacker is not only – you know that we have we're a little deficient at linebacker, but I think Corey Flagg does a good job. But he's let down a little bit by his partner and Wayman Steed um, because he gets to places and and gets the right gap and forces the ball to his partner, who should be coming over the top and cleaning things up, or the secondary coming down and filling, and they're just not there. And I think that'll improve moving forward. So that's it for Central Connecticut State. Let's move forward. Let's talk about Virginia. All right, so second down, let's get right into it with Virginia. Um, as we know, Virginia's 2-2 two and two like Miami. They're coming off two tough losses to UNC and Wake Forest, but that doesn't mean that they aren't a good football team. They have struggled defensively this year, and uh, I know a lot of people have talked about that already on their podcast, you know, in, in articles, and, and that's been pointed out. But I just have some things that I want to highlight as to, you know, what Virginia's good at, where Virginia isn't good at. You know, Brendan Armstrong, obviously, is, is a very good quarterback. He leads the ACC in passing, one of the top passers in the country. But in the last two games, it's incredible what he's done. He's got 961 yards, six touchdowns, and only two interceptions. Um, but to me, the number that really stands out to me is, is he's thrown the ball 113 times in the last two games. He had 54 attempts against North Carolina, 59 attempts against Wake Forest, and their offense struggled. That means to me that it, that that's too much for him. If you're throwing the onus on Brennan Armstrong to be the entire offense to get you points, you know, eventually he's going to, with that many attempts, he's going to turn the ball over. Um, although he has in the last two games, I've seen some throws and the way he, he, he makes, he takes chances where there could be an opportunity for the Canes this game to get a couple picks and, and turn the field around and, and change momentum. Um, if they're going to rely on him that much, it's going to be a problem. Their best, uh, I think his best game this season so far, most efficient anyway, was against Illinois. He was 27-36, 405, five touchdowns, only one pick. That's 75% on the completion percentage. But I think the key there was that the team rushed for 133 yards, their best rushing game of the season. And that took pressure off of him to be able and also allowed him to use play action uh, in, in the passing game. So being able to mix it up a little bit helped him. Uh, but even still, 133 yards isn't a whole lot, especially against an Illinois defense that's not that great. Um, by comparison, our old commit, Art Sitowski uh, for Illinois, who transferred from Rutgers, threw for 221 yards, a touchdown and a pick against uh, against that Virginia defense, which I think bodes well for both Jake Garcia and TVD going into this game. Um, Virginia and their two wins actually averaged 169.5 yards rushing. Uh, and their two losses, they've averaged 60 yards rushing. They only had 21 yards against North Carolina. And and that's something I think the Hurricanes need to focus on and I think will be the key to the game. If they can make Virginia one-dimensional as they've been this season, it makes things a lot easier. And eventually, with that many attempts, if Brendan Armstrong, maybe not 54 or 59, 
But if Brendan Armstrong is putting up 35, 40, 45 attempts, eventually one pressure is going to get there. We're going to get a sack or two or three, and eventually he might turn that ball over, which I think he will. Um, I think the other thing that, that Virginia is struggling with is penalties. Um, you know, they had nine penalties for 102 yards against North Carolina. They had 11 for 83 against Wake. Um, so they're averaging 92 and a half yards in penalties and 10 penalties over those two losses. And I think that's something that, uh, that's, that's strange to see for a Virginia team that's usually very disciplined. Um, so like Miami, they've been struggling with, with some, you know, some self, some, some unforced errors, some, some mistakes that they brought upon themselves themselves. And it's not something that's being forced by the other team. It's their own lack of discipline and their own mistakes. And I think that's hopefully something the Hurricanes can take care of and take advantage of. Also, Virginia's had at least two turnovers the last three games. Um, they've only picked up three turnovers all season. They're minus three on the uh, turnover ratio, although the Canes are minus four, which is not great. Um, it's coming off that Michigan State game where they, they committed four turnovers, didn't get any on our side. But I think offensively, you know, the biggest thing to watch out for when it comes to, to Virginia aside from Brendan Armstrong, is you know the guys he's throwing the ball to. So Dontavian Wicks, number three, he's averaging almost 21 yards a catch. He has four touchdowns on the season, 22 catches, 460 yards. He's 6'1", 210. He, he's, he's a good route runner, physical receiver, gets open, and has really good hands. Uh, the guy that, that worries me, I know everybody's talking about Jelani Woods or tight end, but to me, number four, Billy Kemp, is an explosive player, and he's really coming on now. He's only 5'9", 170, but it reminds me of Tutu Atwell. And we saw what Tutu did a couple of years ago, or last year actually, against the Hurricanes uh, in, in Hard Rock. You know, that's a guy that's going to be tough to control. They're going to play him in the slot. They're going to move him all over. They're going to get him in motion. They'll give him jet sweeps. They'll get him on crossing routes. And uh, they'll, rub, they'll run rub rods to get him free and get him in open space. That's something the Hurricanes need to watch out for. Uh, number zero, Big Jelani Woods, 6'7", 275. He's got 247 yards and three touchdowns on the year. Um, you know, he had five catches for 122 yards against Illinois. He has, uh, he had four for 73 against Wake Forest this last game. He's a big target. Uh, I think the Hurricanes are going to have to really get physical with him and, and try and disrupt him as much as possible. They're going to have to put guys like Frierson Carter and big James Williams, uh, on him to help n- nullify that, that impact of his size. And then you got Keaton Thompson, uh, former quarterback, number 99. He's their all purpose guy. You know, he's got 11 rushes for 78 yards. He's got the highest rush per average, rush per carry, yards per carry average on the team. He's also caught 16 balls for 232 yards. They try to give him the ball as many times, as many ways as possible, whether it be handoffs, quick screens, handing it to him to throw. He's a very dangerous player because of his versatility, so the Kings got to watch out for that. And finally, number two, Rayshon Henry. He's got 13 catches for 224 yards, 224 yards, one touchdown, 6'3", 190, tall, lanky receiver, uses his size to get open. Um, that's the, the weaponry that, that uh, Virginia's coming in, into the game with. They don't have a lot in terms of the run game. If Virginia is able to get the run going, they are going to score points because that's going to make it very difficult to stop them. Hopefully the Hurricanes can get that short up. All right, let's go. Second down, Virginia defense. defense uva is giving up 27 and a half points a game that ranks them 87 out of 130 uh division one teams or as we call them fbs teams now i'm still old school i I still call it joe robbie anyway so virginia is giving up 221.8 yards almost 222 yards per game in in the air uh they're giving up this is the worst part 201 yards a game on the ground and uh allowing 5.2 yards a carry so 
I mean, if there's ever a game for the Hurricanes to get the run game going, it's here against Virginia. That's got to be crucial this game because not only is this Virginia's weakness, but you're going to be playing two young quarterbacks and you want to try and take as much pressure off of them as possible. You want to open up that play-action passing game for them, make things easy, and make Virginia have to defend both run and pass and not make us one-dimensional like we're trying to do on the other side. So I think it, it's... I think you'll probably see Rhett Lashley come out and try and run the ball right at Virginia right off the start and try and create that dominance and really try and get the quarterbacks settled and get them going early on by the use of the run game and quick passing game. So hopefully they can take advantage of what Virginia's done so far uh, or lack of what of lack of uh, any effort in the run game so far. Um, you know, Virginia's giving up for a total of 423 yards per game. They've only got five sacks on the season. I saw and noticed against Wake in North Carolina, um, when they bring only three-man pressure, they don't get home to the quarterback. Uh, their defensive line isn't very physical when it comes to getting to the quarterback pass rushing. They tend to get a little lazy. They give up. Um, they're basically just there to uh, sort of hold the line and make sure that no draw player goes through or the quarterback doesn't escape the pocket. Um, they've been dropping eight a lot more than they have in the past because their their secondary isn't very good. But I think this game, you're going to see Virginia blitz more than they have the first four games of the season. And I think that for two reasons. Number one, uh, the Hurricanes haven't been great you know, in pass blocking, handling the blitz so far. They need to show that they are, that they've improved in that area. Plus, you've got two young quarterbacks, and they want to give them a lot to think about when it comes to protections, uh, hot reads, and identifying blitzes. So that's one reason I think Virginia is going to blitz more than they did the first half of the season, the first four games of the season. Uh, number two, I think Virginia has seen, you know, the last two games when they haven't brought as much pressure that they've been destroyed in the secondary. They've given up a ton of yards. They've given up a ton of points. So, you know, if you're going to give up that amount of points anyway, uh, you know, and you're playing it conservative, trying to eliminate big plays, then might as well bring the blitz anyway, create some chaos, and hopefully generate some turnovers and some negative plays to get the other team off schedule, get them off the field, and get the ball back for you. So I think that's what's going to happen with their with their defense. Um, you know, I, I talked about UVA only having five sacks. You know, the key this game for these two young quarterbacks is keeping clean. So if Miami can handle Virginia's pressure up front and can run the football, I think that bodes well. I think they'll score points. Uh, let's go on. All right, fourth and final down. Here we go. So we're going to score on this fourth down. I'm, I'm tired of punting the ball away. Canes needs to score points tonight, so we're going to score today. We're getting a, we're not even getting a field goal. We're going to punch it into the end zone here on fourth down. So what, what are the keys to win today for Miami? Well, as I mentioned earlier, they got to stop the run, uh, and they've got to run the ball themselves. That gives Jake TVD the opportunity to settle into the game, rely on that ground game, use play action, helps them settle down, and gives them another another opportunity to to move the ball without having all the pressure on them. I think you'll see the Canes use jet sweeps, screens, quick throws to get the get the ball moving, get these guys in rhythm, get them comfortable, and not make them feel like they have to make big throws down the field every time to win. Um, stopping the run makes Virginia one-dimensional. And then once you do that, you have the opportunity to really put pressure on Brennan Armstrong and get after him. And hopefully he, he turns the ball over once or twice. Um, you want to get them off schedule. You want to get Virginia in third and medium, third to long, and get them off the field. Um, I don't think you're going to see the Canes completely shut down Virginia's offense. I don't think that's possible. I think Virginia's really good offense are going to get their points. But I think if you limit them and you take away possessions, 
I think the Canes will be able to win this game and, and hopefully in the fourth quarter not being a nail-biter, at least win it by, you know, three, at least seven points, seven to ten points, and be in a situation at the end of the game where you're not, you know, trying to kick a last-second field goal or stop a last-second field goal or stop the opponent from scoring at the end to win. So I think it's it's imperative for the Canes to take away possessions from Virginia by, like I said, running that football, controlling the clock, controlling the ball, and also getting them off the field as often as possible whenever you can and not letting this be just a shootout where it's back and forth, everybody getting a possession and scoring every time they get the ball. You want to get eliminate possessions for, for Virginia as much as possible. If you can get turnovers, that'd be amazing. That way you flip the field and make it uh, a, a short run to the end zone for you if you can. And also, like I said, eliminate those possessions. I think you also got to make the easy play if you're the Hurricanes. You got to make the easy catch. You got to make the easy tackle. You got to make the easy block. You have to do the fundamental things and the basic things uh, correctly in this game and be good at them to be able to have a chance to win. Because if you're not sound in your execution and your operation, then you're giving the other team an opportunity and a lifeline to get back in the game or change momentum like we saw against Michigan State. And what we've seen all season, really, um, they've got to protect the football. Canes can't turn it over and give Virginia um, you know, short fields or extra possessions with that offense. They have to play as a unit on defense, especially on the back end of the defense, where they're going to get tested a lot tonight. Um, you know, the DBs have to play on a string. They have to communicate. The linebackers have to make sure that they not only have their gap responsibilities and their run fits right, but they have to know where they should be in the pass game underneath. Um, you know, and I think really the, the main thing I want to see tonight is the Hurricanes get off to a good start. I think they haven't started well this entire season, except for that Central Connecticut State game. You know, that disastrous first drive against Michigan State where they fumbled the ball uh, almost in the red zone. Didn't get anything against App State in that first drive. Didn't get anything against Alabama in that first drive. It's time to get out, get some points, hopefully a touchdown right off the bat. Uh, maybe even get a stop the following drive from Virginia and get it back down the field and maybe get another field goal. If they can get out to, to a quick start, I think that'll build the momentum, get the crowd into it, give them confidence, and hopefully get that W down the stretch. Um, I, I think the Canes win tonight. I'm not giving a score, but I think it's going to be um, one of two things. I, can, I think you either see the Canes come out and win this game by 7-10 to 10, uh, if they start start strong, play well, or it's another nail-biter down the stretch and we have a one-possession game at the end like we've been seeing over the last few years. Um, people, Some people want to see the Canes completely dominate this game and win 60 to nothing. I don't think that's likely. I would love to see that, but I don't think it's going to happen, not with uh, Virginia's offense and the way we've struggled this season. All I want to see the team do at this point is take a step forward, get better, get improved, and keep that momentum going um, game by game and we could hopefully peak by the end of the season, be in a position to play for the ACC championship and go to a, a major bowl game. Um, so let's see what happens tonight. Excited to see TVD and Garcia get in there and, and play against a real opponent this time and uh, see what these Canes do, man. Have they learned? Have they bounced back? Have they worked on what they needed to work on to take that next step forward and get some positive momentum going this season? All right, go Canes.